The CCP infiltrated Twitter and we have the receipts. Plus, 4,000 woke employees of Twitter have the ability to dox you and your geolocation at a moment's notice. Huge pack show today. You don't want to miss this. But first, I have to tell you about the Great Reset Conference. I am flying all the way from Israel to Phoenix, Arizona, nonstop. Okay, one quick stop to switch planes in New York. But other than that, basically nonstop to attend the World Economic Forum Great Reset. We're calling it the Great Reset Conference, how to stop and defeat the Great Reset. Go to tpusa.com slash reset. Join myself. And yes, Steve Bannon will be there despite everything they've thrown at him. Klaus Schwab sent his thugs at me. Merrick Garland and the New York AG are sending their thugs at Steve Bannon. They perp walked him, but we're not going to do that. We're going to give him a hero's welcome. So join us in Phoenix, Arizona this Friday and Saturday. Plus, by the way, a special guest who we cannot yet announce. I wish I could say the name, but I can't. Go to reset.tposa.com to find out there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard tonight's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is September 13th, 2022, Anno Domini. What are we going to talk about tonight? Well, here are our headlines. First, the Twitter whistleblower has come forward and confirmed CCP infiltration of the platform, as well as 4,000 employees with doxing capability. We'll explain this next. A new op-ed is out at Human Events, a detransitioner's perspective awakening from the dream of gender utopia. Third, the U.S. Army advising soldiers to apply for food stamps amid inflation, And finally, Chairman Xi Jinping has named military loyalists to top positions within the People's Liberation Army as they prepare for the invasion of Taiwan. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. Got it. And that means that these 4,000-ish employees would have had access to live user data all, data all over Twitter. They could access individual users' personal information, including their live data. Have I got that right? Yes, sir. If they, uh, so they would have access to the production environment. If they spent the time to meander around and look around, they would find that they could access these large troves of data. Including geolocation data? Did you testify to that earlier today? Uh, that the, I know that Twitter has IP locations uh, and that they do use uh, geolocation uh, services uh, based upon IP addresses. Wow, 4,000 employees with access to that data. That's extraordinary. So those employees would be in a position then, if they wanted to, to get this information and, and dox Twitter users. Is that fair to say? That is a concern of mine, sir, yes. Wow. Um, that's a significant concern. Well, Twitter whistleblower testified today inside the United States Senate, but concurrently, the shareholders of Twitter took a vote and have approved the buyout deal from Elon Musk. Now, this is a formal step. However, comma, what we're also seeing going on in the courtroom, the drama of this in Delaware, is that Elon Musk is hoping to use that Twitter whistleblower's testimony to get out of the very deal that was just approved on the same day by the shareholders. I know, right? High drama, high political and legal drama. So what do we know though? Put the Elon Musk stuff on the side because we need to discuss what this whistleblower said. We're gonna, so we're gonna put the Elon Musk stuff on the shelf for right now. Confirm several things. Basically the way I look at it is this. 
Everything we thought was going on behind the scenes of Twitter, as bad as we thought it was, it's a hundred times worse, a thousand times worse. Why is this? They're confirming CCP infiltration inside the platform of Twitter. And at the same time, Reuters has a huge piece out today stating unequivocally that Twitter was taking money hand over fist from the Chinese government directly, that they made a carve out, an exemption for state-run media if it had to do with quote unquote cultural or tourist activity. Well, guess what the CCP did? They walked right up and they were funding Twitter to the hilt. You need to understand this. Twitter as an operation is floated now by the CCP. Their agents, their actual intelligence operatives are inside the Twitter platform. This guy Mudge, who was Twitter's chief security officer, okay, so he said that he knew that at least one of them. How many more are there actually going on there behind the scenes? And you have to listen to some of the things that he's saying. Some of the absolutely insane things. He, sa he said to all the senators of the room, an empl any employee inside Twitter could take over a senator's Twitter account with the flick of a button. What does that mean? Imagine when President Trump had his Twitter account taken down. Remember that time it was taken down by a quote unquote rogue employee? Imagine if it wasn't taken down. Imagine if he tweeted something. Imagine if he went over to President Biden's account and tweeted that we are gonna be sending missiles directly aimed at Moscow or directly aimed at Tehran. What kind of a response do you think that would elicit? Beijing. We're sending missiles directly at Beijing. We're sending missiles directly at Hong Kong, etc. You get the idea. This is completely insane. And Mudge went further. So this is a guy's name, Mudge. That's his nickname. He's coming forward and blowing the whistle. And he's pointing out that the 4,000 employees, more than 4,000 employees inside Twitter have the ability to locate your data your geolocation at any time while you're on the platform, probably if you're not even in the app. What does that mean? They can dox every user. They can find you. They can find your children if they're on this thing. They can find anyone associated with you. And let's cut the, we knew. We knew from the start that it was probably something like this. And we've certainly known since 2016 it was something like this. And so now I'm sure people will come up to me because I was very critical of the fake Facebook whistleblower. And I said, that's an op. I said, that's a psyop. This woman is not a real whistleblower because she's arguing for censorship. That's not what this guy is doing. This guy is coming forward. He's exposing CCP infiltration. He's exposing what was going on inside the company. And he's asking for the Senate to do something about it. Now, here's a question for conservatives. Are we going to step up and recognize that these things are public utilities and there needs to be a level of public regulation of them? We can't live in a country any longer where these tech oligarchs have this much power over us and they're taking it money, hand and fist from the CCP. Look, if you wanna know what the left's real plan is for your kids, 
Just look at the reaction to the work Patriot Mobile did in multiple school districts in Texas. The left absolutely losing their minds over this. Look, Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider and a force, a true force for conservative values. That's because they take a portion of your bill every month and use it to fund conservative causes and candidates that believe in what? The sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, and they are winning. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you, your family, even your business, by the way. They offer the same great nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, if you're supporting conservative values with every single call. Go to patriotmobile.com slash POSO or call them at 972-PATRIOT. By the way, you get free activation with promo code POSO. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. So join our movement, make the switch today and make a difference. patriotmobile.com slash POSO, link in the description. It's about in the first 100 days, passing the Equality Act. It's also about working to make sure that our LGBTQ youth are safe and protected and not bullied. And then in particular, our transgender community with a particular emphasis on transgender black women, making sure that they are protected and safe. So over at humanevents.com today, we just published a new op-ed by Angela McArdle Berlin Hollyhand. This is one of the craziest things that I've ever seen, but it's also possibly one of the most important op-eds that you could read in, I'm not going to say today or in this year, but in the moment that we're going through right now as a country and as a society. Here's the headline. A detransitioner's perspective, awakening from the dream of gender utopia, published just today. And, and this thing is first person. So I'm going to read a little bit of it to give you a sense of what it is. Angling the camera just right after 30 or so attempts, I finally take the perfect picture. All, of, all other photos which provided evidence of the uncomfortable truth are swiftly deleted from my phone's photo album. Without hesitation, I immediately share the selfie on an online forum for transgender people, knowing in my heart from the other posts that no matter what I shared, I would be safe from negative commentary. You look amazing. Wow, even cisgender men will want you. The comments stack up, but everyone assures me that I not only look like a woman, but that if I transition, it would be extremely easy for me to pass as a woman. This was in the back end of 2013. I was 25, an adult, but a vulnerable adult with high traits of autism, obsessive compulsive disorder, and substance misuse issues. Like many, I was captured by the idea that I was less than perfect. The solution to my imperfection was to be laid on a path that would lead to a degree of unimaginable self-destruction through irreversible surgeries that have turned me into a lifelong medical patient, reliant on synthetic hormones, as well as being under constant supervision for ongoing complications related to the deeply invasive surgery. This was all in the name of the promised gender utopia, where we were all free to be ourselves, express ourselves without boundaries, and express our individuality in an explosion of liberation and autonomy. Yet at the age of 35, after a decade, almost a decade after embarking on this deeply destructive surgery, I've come to realize that it's not the gender utopia we were promised. The lies live within the language. Even the seemingly innocuous terms like male to female sell a certainty that one can change their sex through modern medical science. 
This is why even in detransition, I do not call myself a male to female to male. The plain truth of the matter is that I was and will forever be male, and no amount of surgeries or hormones will ever change that reality. Only upon, this is key right here, this is key. Only upon disconnecting from social media, leaving the online trans spaces, and living with the permanency of surgery, was I even able to entertain the idea that this was a terrible mistake and that I had paid an equally terrible price? Surgery, drugs, group-led psychosis, ignoring objective reality, associating with mind-altering substances, changing your hormones. This. I don't even know exactly what you call it, this moral panic that we're living through as a society where we're going and telling people that there's something wrong with you, that if you feel depressed, if you feel like you're something less than, if you feel like you're just not good enough, well, that's because you need to go get some hormones or some surgery to put yourself in the right body. And as we've seen time and again, these doctors will go ahead and rubber stamp it. And the companies and the hospitals, they'll pay for it. In some cases, even for minors with life-changing, irreversible surgeries. We need to find a way to come to some kind of parity on this. Because people are going out and doing things to themselves. Children are going out and doing things, and it's not right. This type of surgery for anyone under 18 should face a federal ban, period. This should not be done to children, and we need to discuss the problems when it's done for adults. We're giving families food, uh, military families. Unfortunately, they often find themselves for some period of time, either by choice or by circumstance, living off of a single income. And it's just very difficult to make that happen, especially in high uh, cost of living locations like San Diego. Our perspective is this is a fundamental force readiness issue, that we have to take care of our military family. It's very few jobs out there where you can say this, but if they're not fully focused on the job at hand, it can be the difference between mission success or failure and sometimes even life or death. So the United States Army, you know, our soldiers, we've been talking about how this group of people has been completely mistreated since the COVID vaccine mandates have been put in. Kicking people to the curb, kicking our special operators to the curb, and that just goes throughout the entire military. Meanwhile, you got ships crashing into each other on Fleet Week in Baltimore. You've got aircraft carriers where the plane falls off into the water. You've got the MV-22 system, which is completely in shambles. People are just dying. People are just being killed by that thing left and right. But no one seems to care because Boeing keeps making money and the politicians keep getting donations from Boeing so they continue the program because we're going to keep it going. By the way, that thing's out of Pennsylvania too. So I'm saying something that I probably shouldn't be saying, even though I know a lot of people in Pennsylvania that work towards that program, but I'm saying the program is not good. The program needs to be made better, it needs to be fixed, okay? But here's what's actually happening for the men and women and the families of our U.S. military. Justthenews.com, the great John Solomon. 
Biden inflation hit soldiers hard as the U.S. Army is now recommending food stamps for our troops. New guidance is pointing soldiers to the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program and links them to welfare program websites. What? How could this be? The U.S. Army is now recommending soldiers apply for SNAP benefits, a.k.a. food stamps, to help cover the rising costs from inflation. The U.S. Army cites the higher prices on a range of goods because of inflation in its recently released official guidance. Quote, with inflation affecting everything from gas prices to groceries to rent, some soldiers and their families are finding it harder to get by on the budgets they've set and used before. Soldiers of all ranks can seek assistance and guidance and advice through the Army's Financial Readiness Program, and then another guidance point links them to go to apply for food stamps. Snap. I love this line. This is just this. This is what your government. This is how your government thinks of you. Okay, imagine this. Daddy just signed up to join the army. Daddy's about to go over to fight terrorists in Syria, terrorists that'll never have an ability to actually get here to the United States. People that have never heard of you, they've never heard of the street you live on, they pose very minimal, if any, threat to you and your actual way of life. But daddy's gonna go over and put his life on the line. While you back home, are you gonna get taken care of? Here's what the US government says. Here's what the regime says. SNAP is a U.S. government program that provides benefits to eligible low-income individuals and families via an electronic benefits transfer card that can be used to debit card, like a debit card to purchase eligible food in authorized retail food stores. Service members and their families may be available. To determine qualification, visit the SNAP website or call up that SNAP information line. So. You're going over to the Middle East, to the sandbox or wherever in the world, potentially to die while your wife and kids are home getting put on food stamps because your government keeps printing so much money. Oh, by the way, guess what? Your religious exemption didn't go through. Now you're getting kicked out of the military because you have religious beliefs because you didn't take a vaccine mandate. And now you'll have nothing. God bless the USA. You know, the conventional wisdom has been that China would make a move on Taiwan by the end of the decade. Do you believe that timeline still stands? I think that window is compressed. I think we're in a very dangerous time period now. After the party Congress, which I think concludes the first or second week of October, when Xi gets his third five-year term, which essentially makes him dictator for life, uh, and the end of the Biden administration, I think we've got a very narrow two-year window when the Chinese are going to attempt to forcibly coerce Taiwan into, into rejoining the mainland. Now, that may not be an amphibious landing. It might be a blockade. It might be cyber attacks. Uh, it might be political warfare. But I think we're going to see a, a move on Taiwan uh, in the next couple of years. Xi Jinping is poised to build support for Taiwan unification with four new top military picks. What does this mean? Xi Jinping has been purging the ranks of the People's Liberation Army, the Red Army of China in order to put his loyalists in and get rid of all the other factions that had any influence whatsoever over government, the military, or the legal system within the People's Republic of China. This is all coming to a head before the 20th National People Congress, which takes place coming up this October. They're actually holding it earlier than it had previously been reported. They thought it was gonna be in November. It's actually gonna be in October. What does this mean? I wrote in Newsweek almost, has to be 
over six months ago, maybe seven months ago at this point, that Xi Jinping is going to get extended for his term in office. He's going to get the third term, the one that uh, Hu Jintao did not receive, the one that Jiang Zemin did not receive. He is going to be in line for a lifetime chairmanship, the first lifetime paramount leader since Mao Zedong. And what is he offering in exchange for this? It's very simple. He's expected to stack the countries. This is according to Nikkei out of Japan. He's stacking this country's senior military leadership during next month's Communist Party Congress with loyalists aligned on his goal of, quote, unifying Taiwan and the mainland. What does this mean? Invasion. Either, either it's going to be an embargo. Uh, I've said before, I think it's going to be an embargo and a blockade, a naval blockade. Remember, they just effectively did that a month ago, a naval blockade of the island of Taiwan. They're going to follow forward with this with an actual blockade. They want Taiwan's independence to fall. They want Taiwan to come to heel, and they want to bring them in into a fully sovereign relationship with them. By the way, they're going to do this while President Biden is still in office. Why? The exact same reason that Putin went into Ukraine when he did, because Biden regime is weak on the international stage. They are only strong when it comes to the heavy handed tactics that they use against dissidents here like Steve Bannon and so many others, the J6 detainees, people who weren't even violent, people who simply attended January 6 being thrown in prison like scum. Listen to this. According to Nikkei, four of the commission's seven members are due to retire at the twice a decade Congress. Now, it looks like all four will be replaced with loyalists, loyalists to Xi Jinping. We're talking about Hu Weidong, Xu Xiaolong, uh, pulling up here, Miao Hua, and in the southern office, Zhang Shengmin. So understand, these people came up through the ranks by going after Xi's enemies. They're now being rewarded with leadership positions within the People's Liberation Army. This means that if any factions try to do anything to stop Xi, guess who's going to be next when it comes to be purged? Guess who's going to be next on the number one TV show in China? The forced confessions of Xi Jinping's enemies. Understand what time, guess what? Xi Jinping, that guy understands what time it is and he's playing to win, are we? Well, that's all the time we have tonight here, Human Events Daily. As a program note, Drew Hernandez will be filling in tomorrow night on Human Events. Just so you know, Drew's going to be back. I know, I know, guys, but unfortunately, sometimes, well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, I'm giving Drew Hernandez, uh, against my better judgment, I'm letting Drew Hernandez have a full hour on Real America's Voice. So I'm waiting for the producers to find out about that one, the network execs. But what do we talk about today? So. First, the Twitter whistleblower confirming CCP infiltration, 4,000 employees with doxing capability. Next, the detransitioner's perspective, awakening from the dream of gender utopia. Third, the Army, U.S. Army, recommending that U.S. soldiers now apply for food stamps because inflation is so bad. And finally, Xi Jinping naming military loyalists to top positions ahead of a Taiwan invasion. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, our oath, our promise, our solemn vow to you, be good, be brief, be gone. Your homework for us. Share this out with one, just one of your normie friends, and then leave us your five-star review, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Before we go, it's time for today's history break. So we're here in Israel, and today I went with my family 
my mom, my dad, my wife, my kids, my brother. We visited the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. And believe it or not, today, all the way back in 335 AD, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre was consecrated. This is one of the only churches that's agreed upon by the Catholics and the Orthodox together. And the Coptics all agree this was the spot, the end of the Via Della Rosa, the place where Christ was crucified, laid in the tomb, and then rose from the grave. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.